ArchD 1079 Life. James here with you. Very special show tonight. We have got Archbishop Philip Wilson in on the show. We're going to be chatting about a whole bunch of different things. World Youth Day in Poland. He's only just returned. Reflecting about that and about World Youth Day in general, its history and those sorts of things. There was also a recent rally held in Adelaide and in a lot of other capital cities around Australia. We're going to be chatting with Archbishop Wilson about that, about his feelings about offshore detention, treatment of refugees and our obligation and our call as Catholics. We're also going to be reflecting a bit on the fact that Arch D has turned, well, 250, 250 shows. Just last week, the 250th show went to air. Asking him a little bit about that because Archbishop Wilson has been, you know, part of the show since the very, very beginning, five years ago. So um, excited to talk to him about that. We're also going to be chatting to Tristan from the SA Church Basketball League as well. What is this thing, the SA Church Basketball League? Well, he's going to let us know all about it. I wasn't aware of it until uh, he gave me a call during the week and said, I'd love to come on the show and have a bit of chat about it it's about to come into their season so big big show it is my honor and my privilege to have with us here tonight uh archbishop philip wilson hello archbishop how are you going hello it's lovely to have you back on the show again thank you very much now um there's lots of things i want to go through with you today lots of stuff uh now you have just arrived back not very long ago from world youth day it was in poland this year how was it well, it was a remarkable event. Uh, as everyone knows, once uh, everyone gathers together with the Pope in such huge numbers, wonderful things happen. The Holy Father was uh, was really terrific, the way that he, he related to everybody, especially to the young people. The experiences of being together, I, I think, are really remarkable and uh, have a big effect on everybody's lives. But uh, for me, the really big influence was the days that we spent before the Pope came when we went to one of the parishes in one of the dioceses and, and spent some time with the prisoners there. And those those experiences were really, really extraordinary. Mm. Just meeting those people, having contact with them, the things we did together were really beautiful, very prayerful um, and lots of fun. So the thing that struck me was that with the young people who went from Adelaide with me, that they, they knew uh, the appropriate ways to react to things. So they're up for lots of fun and dancing and all that sort of thing. But when it came time for prayer and reflection, they immediately went, went into that mode and they were very uh, profound in the way they went about that. So that, that was terrific. During our experience uh, in the diocese, it was in the south and very close to the great shrine in honour of Our Lady, Yasnagura. And so the diocese organised a pilgrimage for all the people who were in the diocese for World Youth Day. About 5,000 uh, walked a long way uh, on pilgrimage and, and came to the to the shrine where we had mass together. Mm. And that was really an extraordinary Now, is this the shrine that they refer to as the Black Madonna? Is yes, that that that's one? right. Yep. That's right. It's the major shrine in honour of Our Lady uh, in Poland. It's very closely linked to their history. It's been one of the great symbols of Polish nationalism mm. and of their commitment to faith and so on. So in 1966, when uh, they were celebrating the thousandth year of what they call the baptism of Poland, the arrival of the Catholic faith in Poland, the bishops arranged for that, that image to be taken to every parish in, uh, in the country. So over a year, it was taken around. Well, they only were able to do that for a short time before the communists arrested the picture. And, uh, they arrested the picture? They arrested the picture and they, and they hid it away and they wouldn't allow wow. them to go there. So what the bishops did was that they just sent the empty frame. Right. So the empty frame went from parish to parish to parish, oh, wow. which would have had even greater effect than letting them, letting them see the picture. Yeah. Uh, so it's got that big focus, not only about 
the historical events, but also the contemporary challenges that they had to face in terms of their faith against Nazism, communism, and so on. Of course. So, so uh, that's very special and uh, very important. The other thing that struck me from when we arrived at Warsaw and then travelled around the bus going south to Krakow was how beautiful the country is. Mm. Like geographically, it's really, it's really very beautiful and it's obviously very fertile mm. because when you get into the countryside and you see the, 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 the plants growing like corn and that sort of stuff, it, it grows with a density that we couldn't possibly sustain in Australia, mm. which is extraordinary. And the forests, you could, you could stand at the edge of the forest, you can't see through the forest because the, the number of trees and the, the density of their, of wow. their presence is, is huge. There's that. I could imagine how beautiful it must be in the winter time, when everything's covered with snow as well, and there, there are mountains everywhere, beautiful valleys and plains and so on. So uh, yes, I, I think uh, you'd have to say that Poland um, has really been blessed with lots of natural beauty by God, mm. which makes it all the more horrible when you recognise what's happened there in history, particularly under the Nazis. Mm. So when you go south and you come to Vadovice, which is the town that Pope John Paul was born in and lived till he was 18, it's beautiful, quiet little country country town and, and just being able to link with him there in the parish church where he was baptised and confirmed and so on was really, really quite extraordinary. But as you come on the road down from Vadovice to go to Krakow, you come across a place called Osvijim. Osvijim is, is what was known and is known to the world as Auschwitz. Wow. So you've got this beautiful area and then so you come around the corner and there is the horror imposed by humanity on top of the beauty that's been created by God. And did you, did you go and visit Auschwitz when you No, were I didn't. Uh, uh, I had a problem with walking. I couldn't, I had oh. f- I'd fallen and hurt my legs before I went. So oh, no. I was a bit limited about what I could do. And they told me, you can't go because there's so much walking involved that you won't be able to do it. Right. So all the pilgrims went and I, I didn't. It's a presence though, like that whole n- uh, Nazi thing, not, not just Auschwitz, but the whole, whole area. It's a presence that um, is there and foreboding all the time it's Mm. terrible you know what those people did Uh, so i mean there were a lot of people i know who did go on the pilgrimage who did go there Mm. and people i know who've been to poland and have made a point of going there previously Mm. and having not gone to poland i haven't had any experience of that but people do feel a sense there's almost kind of like a duty that they have to bear witness to that event through i don't know being part of humanity i guess to say what are your thoughts about that i mean do we really have an obligation to not turn our heads away from these things that happen in well, our I world? Think, I think uh, the, the claim that people make about that, we, sh- we should never forget it. And we should never forget it because it's not just about that. Uh, it's such a, an example of the sort of uh, inhumanity that's everywhere and the terrible things that are going on in all sorts of places. Mm. But there was something about, about that and that system that the Nazis devised that, that is the, the most frightening of all. There was something so ordinary about it all, uh, something that was done by people applying uh, logic and knowledge, mm. uh, science, in order to get it get it done. Yeah, you know, there was a normalisation of it within their well, whole cultural framework that it became okay. Mm. And I think that's the most terrifying part. That's right. The people who organised that uh, were all people with PhDs. 
you're all talking about highly educated men who who um, were educated in medicine and and science and engineering and they used their brain power and what they knew of technology in order to do the job so efficiently yeah yeah well i mean it's 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 so massive we hear all the time about the wonderful and you've to, you've talked about those wonderful experiences about world youth day especially and those days in the diocese the times when uh, people do go and spend time there that's always spoken about in these same kind of really glowing and spiritual ways that um that people talk about the final mass on world youth day people do say though and even um Father Michel Remery, who was the Vice Secretary General of the Council of Bishops in Europe, um, he's said too that something that does come up a bit is that people say that World Youth Day can be too much of a singular event and that it's perhaps not rooted in the daily life of the young faithful people in the church. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I suppose that's his opinion. Mm. Uh, well, what I would be saying is that, uh, you know, you have hundreds of thousands of young people go to that and nobody can go to it without being affected by it so that's that's very powerful and i would imagine establishes deep-seated roots in the lives of the people who go there because ultimately i think anybody who goes to world youth day would be involved in a conversion experience of some kind I think what he is referring to is the fact that there are millions of others who don't go to World Youth Day and who are not, not touched by that experience. And it points out the fact that we have responsibility to reach out to them and touch them in other ways. Mm. So World Youth Day is not the only answer. It's a very important work, but it's not the only answer. It doesn't substitute for the hard work that we've got to do in our local churches to engage with young people and invite them to participate in the life of the church. Now, Holly Roberts, who went along on the Adelaide Pilgrimage, I'm sure you know, she has said, we, we had her on the show a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the same thing, and she was saying that so much of, of that experience, although you can't translate what it's like to be standing in mass with a million, two million other people in one place, mm. which is an experience that's so extraordinary mm. and so different to anything that you'd experience in your local church area mm. the touching of the holy spirit within you and the invigoration and the inspiration that it gives you can be infectious and people can see that and go wow what is that all about i want to know and be a part of what that um of what that faith journey is in that person i think so and i, I what i would imagine is that people who who do go to world youth day have a responsibility to make sure that what's happened to them is something that they share with other people yeah definitely now all around the country on the weekend just gone seven major cities there was pro-refugee rallies and the big call that was happening during those rallies was close the camps bring them here now heather carey who is the um, archdiocesan of adelaide chancellor she closed the rally here in adelaide and um, um, people who attended just said what she said was so inspiring. It was so reminiscent of um, of Pope Francis and the way that he spoke about that need for our common humanity. And I, I think it's so truly wonderful to see such a senior member of the church in Adelaide stand up and say, we are Catholic and this is what we collectively stand for. Have, well, you had, have you had a chance to chat to her about it since? No, no, I didn't know she did it. Okay. <laughs> so that, that, that's okay. I mean, people are out doing all sorts of things, and uh, I'm, I'm really pleased. I'm not surprised that she did a good job. She's someone She's I, amazing person. Someone I have a, a great faith in, and I, I think she's really, really terrific. But uh, this 
our attitude towards refugees and migrants and so on is a very strong part of our experience and we lose no opportunities to, to say this mm. and, and try to influence the government and its policies. Yeah. Now, um, <clears throat> to say that radio shows have birthdays is a bit unusual, uh, but they definitely celebrate number of episodes that they broadcast. Sure. And last week... ArchD Radio, we had our 250th was last week. Now, um, so we've been now broadcasting for about five years. It's hard to believe it's been that long. And we've covered um, all the things that have been happening in the Archdiocese. And we've covered, I think in that time, we got just in for the, you just arrived back from the last World Youth Day, I think it was in Madrid. Uh, we were talking about that there. We've, and so we've covered three World Youth Days, with two Australian Catholic Youth Festivals, and we've been very focused all that time on issues around social justice, around ecological conversion, mm. around um, evangelization. We've had uh, over 300 young people have featured on our show since it's been going. So... Um, in this little anniversary of sorts, would you like to give any reflections about your thoughts about this little show that we've made? Well, I'm really uh, delighted to know that there have been 250 episodes. That's fantastic. Uh, that's the sort of thing that wins Emmy Awards. In, 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 <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> in, t in TV land. But what I've been thinking about a lot lately is um, what seems to me to be the really big challenges that are facing our young people that are really insidious and dangerous. We've had incidents involving pornography and stuff like that. I, I sure. know that there are issues about drug taking, um, there are issues about relationships, all sorts of things. So there's a whole range of those those elements that I, I, I think we need to concentrate on and think about because at the centre of it all is a group of young people and these elements in their lives are the result of the needs that they experience as a young person. So I think somehow or other we've, we've got to develop a system whereby we're able to help young people to live according to their best ideas and best values and so on, but support them in doing that. Sure. Because everywhere they go, they're going to be exposed to all these other things that uh, would, would help to uh, lead them away and get, get them into trouble one kind or another. Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about how we can do that better. So I think uh, I think this is something that we need to talk about in our schools and work out some some way of, of helping with that. But it, it's a matter of uh, I suppose uh, creating some kind of consciousness or formation or something for young people to help them to deal with it in a way that that uh, allows them to maintain their dignity. Yeah. Now, I don't have the complete answer. I just think this is something as a, as a community that we need to think about. And my view would be is it's, it's a challenge that we need to, to uh, hand into the, into the hands of our young people and ask them. They're in the middle of it all, so advise us about what we, what we need to do. Well, Archbishop, as always, such a pleasure, and I really appreciate always your openness and your willingness to be on the show, and thanks very much Thank for being you. here with us. Well, congratulations for 250. Thank that's, you. That's really great. Wonderful. Uh, uh, it's amazing that uh, it's been going for so long. Mm. It's incredible. Mm. So, congratulations to you and to everybody else. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you very much. You're listesting to ArchD on 107.9 Life here. I'm uh, here with Tristan Prentice. Um, he is the secretary of the SA Church Stars Basketball Club. This is a Christian basketball club based in Adelaide. How are you going, Tristan? Good to see you, James. Well, it's great to have you here. And to let us know a little bit about the team. Now, 
until you got in touch to say, I'd love to come on the show and have a chat about this, I had no idea that the team existed. Is this something that you hear a lot, that, that the team is, is something that comes new to their experience when, you, when it's introduced by you guys? This is definitely something we hear quite frequently. And I think there's... Um, people don't realize that there's actually a district basketball presence uh, in the district competition. Um, a lot of people hear about the SA Church Basketball Association and so that's the church competition that runs on Saturday afternoon and has run extremely well and uh, it's been a big part of my life growing up before I came to the district club. Mm. Um, but yeah, the district club's been um, quite quiet for many years but um, in recent years um, it's definitely gathered a lot of um, followers and mm-hmm. a lot of members etc because you've got tons of members sorry to interrupt but you've got lots we're talking about this off air and there's how many people currently um, registered playing with the club at the moment well I'd probably say over the last three years or so that we've probably had nearly almost over 100 members that have actually participated for our clubs yeah. so we've had many people that have been there for a short time or have even come and just filled in for a couple of games etc yeah. when we've needed um, we have long-standing members there we have um, heaps of supporters there so I feel like our um, our network is growing enormously and I think that's a really great thing for Christian sports absolutely um do you see there being a, a, a big link between faith and sport is it something that you think has a really important relationship absolutely um it's in our motto. Uh, our motto is more than basketball, um, which we've shortened to MTB. Uh, so that hashtag gets thrown around a fair bit, um, especially by the uh, youth league. So bet, they came up with that one. So I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it is. Uh, when it first came along. Um, but um, we're more about character and development off the court. So we pursue basketball excellence, but uh, we're more about character on and off the court. So we see a real importance in being able to fit sport in um, with life. And in fact, for life to come first before the sport, etc. So we do a number of different things to try and uh, get that um, working, such as uh, running less training sessions than probably some other basketball clubs do, um, but still having the training sessions there as an offer. Um, talking about things like having a team time, which is something we try to do monthly, uh, where we get a speaker come in. So we either get someone internally within the club. We have quite a few people that um, are working within churches, within our basketball club, etc. Sure. And also people that are doing a lot of interesting things in their life that are benefiting the community, for an example. Um, and we see that as a really important fundamental part of our basketball club moving forward. And I think being able to um, apply prayer before games, which is something we've tried to encourage this year. Mm. It's one of those things where um, because we're a church Christian basketball club, we actually get a lot of people that aren't Christians come and play for us as well. What like do you think people that bring is? their friends and that. I think it's because it's the focus on the off-court stuff. And I've seen people move from other basketball clubs who've been really um, feel like they've been let down in some ways, like um, the pursuit of excellence has really, and they haven't really fitted in with that. Or they've looked at um, the culture of the club, for an example. So unfortunately, there are some clubs that like to go out and and drink, for an example, and that's not their scene. They're people that go to church on a Sunday. That's really important to them. So, and I think as well, um, because we're a non-for-profit club, we're always looking to reduce our costs in any way possible. If you want to jump onto our Facebook page, go to Facebook, look for RHD Radio. We're going to put a link for all the information about the SA Church District Basketball Club, uh, how to get in touch and how to get involved. And Tristan, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of RHD. Thank you for having me, James. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. Uh, We are here every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. Stay tuned to 107.9 Life for more of your music and we will see you again in a few days. See ya. Bye.